Chapter Six of Christina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christina by L. G. Moberly. Chapter Six. Baba loves you very much. Will the lady who on Monday morning brought Baba home out of the fog? kindly call at one hundred eaton square any time between eleven and one o'clock the words seemed to start from the printed page before christina's eyes and she read them over and over again with growing wonder it was friday morning two days after her two disastrous visits one to the shut-up house in bayswater the other to the insolent jewellers and with difficulty she had managed to crawl round to the free library feeling that she dared leave no stone unturned in a fresh search for work the day before she had perforce spent in bed for her day of fatigue emotion and exposure to the weather had been followed by a night of fever and aching limbs and on the thursday morning she could scarcely lift her head from the pillow but on friday realizing affrightedly that each day brought her nearer to absolute destitution she made a herculean effort got up and dressed and feeling more dead than alive dragged herself to the library to study the monotonous advertisement columns of the newspapers and having warily glanced down the familiarly worded lines in which nursery governesses and companions were asked for at wages that would not satisfy the average kitchen-maid she turned to the front page of the morning post and found herself confronted with the advertisement that now held her astonished eyes will the lady who on monday morning brought baba home out of the fog kindly call at one hundred eaton square any time between eleven and one o'clock unless there were two babas in the world and two ladies who had taken them home out of the fog she herself was clearly the person indicated by the advertisement and as the square in which the bewitching baby had been taken from her by an excited footman was certainly eaton square she had little doubt but that the advertiser wished to thank and perhaps to reward her a hot flush came into her white cheeks as the word reward entered her mind all her instincts revolted against the notion of being rewarded for doing what had been a most obvious duty but with the instinct of revolt came also a little rush of hope to the tired girl the advertisement seemed like a friendly hand outstretched towards her and though pride whispered to her to pay no heed to it and to ignore it altogether the sense that kindliness towards a total stranger had prompted the advertisement fought hard with pride after all if she went to one hundred eaton square she need accept nothing at the hands of the inmates that they should wish to thank her for the safe return of their little one was only natural and it would be churlish of her to refuse to be thanked in her excitement she omitted to take down any addresses of employers for the first time since she had begun to haunt the free library she went out of its doors without a list of names to which letters must be written setting forth her own qualifications for tending children or amusing the elderly she had actually forgotten to draw from her pocket the sheet of notepaper she never failed to bring with her on her morning quest so full was her mind of the coming visit to eaton square her weary limbs still refused to hurry and she walked slowly back to her lodgings to make herself tidy as she put it before venturing into what was to her an actually new world 
her heart was beating very fast as she rang the bell of the great eaton square mansion and thanks partly to nervousness partly to fatigue her legs were trembling so much that she was obliged to clutch at the wall for support to prevent herself from falling a footman flung open the door a tall rather supercilious footman whose face was not the good-natured foolish face of the james who had lifted the red-cloaked baby from her arms this man looked the visitor up and down with a comprehensive stare which held in it both inquiry and contempt and had the effect of banishing christina's small remnant of courage C could i see the lady of the house she asked what might you want with her the servant demanded with a sniff there was an advertisement in to-day's morning post the girl answered her voice shaking with nervous weariness it said call between eleven and one and i came to come after the place have you the footman's tone changed to one of huge condescension oh well step in and i'll see if her ladyship can see you the place her ladyship christina looked at the man with bewildered eyes and said faintly i don't know anything about a place i've not come for that only the advertisement said call between eleven and one o'clock step inside came the short order whilst henry the first footman inwardly remarked that he wished her ladyship wouldn't go putting in advertisements and not mentioning them to the establishment take a seat there and i'll ascertain whether her ladyship is disengaged had christina been in her normal health the man's grand delinquent manner and language would have amused her with her nerves at high tension her limbs trembling and her whole frame exhausted and weary she felt only a great inclination either to flee out of the front door or to sit down and cry the hall softly carpeted and warm fragrant with the flowers massed in great pots at the foot of the staircase and the quiet with the stillness of a well-ordered house oppressed her the solemn voice of a grandfather clock in the corner had only the effect of making the prevailing silence more noticeable and christina experienced a wild longing to scream or to burst into uncontrollable laughter just to break the stillness which weighed upon her like a nightmare will you come this way please she started violently as the footman's voice sounded close to her his footsteps on the thick pile of the stair carpet had been quite inaudible and she was surprised to see him once more beside her at his bidding she rose mechanically and followed him up the wide staircase whose soft carpet was a bewildering novelty to the girls accustomed to the simplest surroundings across a landing fragrant like the hall with growing roses and exotic plants into a small boudoir in which she found herself alone in all her twenty years of life she had never before been in a room like this and standing in the centre of it just where her guide had left her she looked round her timidly and drew a long breath of admiration and amazement the murkiness of the november day that darkened the world outside did not appear to enter into this lovely apartment which gave christina a sense of summer and sunshine it's just like a pink rose she said to herself her eyes wandering from the walls delicately tinted in a soft rose color to the sofa and chairs upholstered in a deeper shade of the same color and the carpet whose darker tint of rose harmonized with the paler hues every table seemed to the girl to overflow with books and magazines bowls of flowers vases of flowers pots of flowers stood on every available shelf 
and in every possible corner the windows were draped with rose-coloured silk curtains that made even the grey sky beyond them look less grey and the pictures on the walls drew a gasp of delight from christina's lips they were mainly landscapes and in almost every case they represented wide spaces open tracts of country that gave one a sense of life and freshness here was an expanse of sea blue and smiling as the sky that stooped to meet it there long green rollers swept up a sandy beach whilst clouds lit up by a rift of sunshine lay on the horizon on this side was a moorland purple with heather bathed in the glory of the setting sun on that side a plain far-reaching as the sea itself soft and green and misty bounded by mountains whose snow-crowned summits stood out in serried stateliness against the faint blue sky in a looking-glass hanging on the wall christina caught sight of her own reflection and a shamed consciousness of her white face and shabby clothes gave her a sense of the incongruousness between her own appearance and the loveliness around her but this uneasy sense of discrepancy had barely entered her mind when the door opened and there entered a tiny personage whose daintiness made christina all at once feel huge awkward and ungainly it was sweet of you to come the little lady exclaimed holding out to the girl a white hand flashing with diamonds you are the kind lady who brought my baba home henry was very incoherent he always is in a grand long-winded way of his but i gathered from his meandering remarks that you had come in answer to my advertisement yes christina answered i saw it the advertisement in the morning post to-day i thought it was so kind of you to advertise that i came but of course when i brought the darling baby home i only did what everybody else would have done she added rather breathlessly a lady and very proud the thought ran through her listener's brain but aloud the little lady only said i can't put into words how grateful i am to you all the same you see my little girlie is my ewe lamb my only child and she is very precious if anything had happened to her i-oh but we mustn't talk about dreadful things that might happen when i hope they never will baba was a naughty monkey to run out alone but she is rather a sweet monkey isn't she she is one of the dearest babies i ever saw christina answered simply sitting down on the chair her hostess pushed forward for her and feeling some of her awkwardness slipping from her in presence of this kindly dainty little lady with girlish enthusiasm her eyes drank in the loveliness of the other's fair face its delicate coloring its crown of bright hair the perfection of the tiny form the gracefulness of the dead black gown that fell in exactly the right folds and was hung as no dress of poor little christina's had ever been persuaded to hang baba we call her baba because her own name veronica is so big for such a baby has managed to get rather out of hand since her nurse left we do try not to spoil her but we don't always succeed very well i think you must be very fond of children aren't you you made a great impression on baba i love little children christina answered with a simplicity and sincerity which characterized her since i have had to earn my own living i have been a nursery governess it is very absurd but i don't even know your name and i dare say you are equally ignorant of mine 
the little lady in the armchair exclaimed with a gay laugh rupert did not put any name in the advertisement he said it was wiser not but i am lady cicely reedsdale and baba as i say is my only child and very precious lady cicely's blue eyes looked thoughtfully at christina her last words were spoken absently i did not even know into which house the small girl was carried on monday christina replied laughing also the footman ran along the pavement when he saw us and until i read your advertisement to-day i had no idea which number in the square was the one he had come from my name is moore christina moore and i live in marimont street in marimont street but isn't that rather a wretched neighbourhood for you do your people live there i have no people the girl answered an unconscious wistfulness in her eyes that appealed to lady cicely's kind heart i lost my father and mother three years ago and since then i have been living with some friends and taking care of their children but now they have gone to canada and i am alone in the world it was said without any arriere pensee no thought of exploiting her loneliness across christina's mind the sympathetic glance of the blue eyes watching her led her on to frankness of speech and to speak to an educated lady again was a delight to which for the past few months she had been an entire stranger and you are obliged to work for yourself lady cicely put the question with hesitating kindliness oh yes a faint smile crossed christina's face and just now it is rather hard to get nobody seems to want the sort of work that i can do you see i have had very little education not enough to teach big children and i have no certificates or diplomas or anything i don't think my father ever dreamt that i should have to earn my own living or he would have had me trained to do it but you have taken care of little children again lady cicely's eyes searched the girl's face earnestly and you are very fond of them i love them christina said for the third time and i'm never tired of being with them and taking care of them but there are such lots of other girls like me with very few qualifications and so though i answer ever so many advertisements i can't get a place do you mind waiting here just a moment lady cicely asked abruptly i i should like you to see baba before you go perhaps we might find we might think and with this vague sentence the small lady went out of the room leaving christina puzzled and wondering lady cicely meanwhile hurried downstairs to the library where a man sat looking over a mass of legal papers rupert she exclaimed impetuously it is the girl who brought baba back and my brain is teeming with plans for helping her is she a young person no no a lady very shabby very tired-looking very poor i should guess but unmistakably a lady and i'm so sorry for her rupert she is just a slip of a girl who looks as if she wanted mothering now cicely do you wish to embark on the mother's role as one of your trustees let me warn you i shan't allow any quixotism leave those tiresome old papers for five minutes and come see this girl i don't want to be quixotic and i'm ready to abide by your judgment but come and look at miss moore the tiresome old papers are fairly important deeds connected with your estate and the future inheritance of your daughter miss veronica joan reedsdale her cousin answered with a laugh but i suppose your ladyship's whims must take precedence of your property 
where is miss moore in my boudoir and very shy i am sure she was afraid at first that i meant to offer her money there was a sort of proud shrinking in her eyes and she has very pretty eyes too of course my idea had been to offer her money because i imagined she would be of the shop-girl type but i should as soon think of offering you money as of suggesting giving it to miss moore come along then let us get the inspection over but if you can't give her money what do you propose to do with her i thought lady cicely paused glanced into her cousin's grave face and glanced away again i fancied perhaps i might help her to get work she is horribly poor and she looks half fed and so tired i well i really and truly rupert i wondered whether she could come here as nurse to baba a low whistle was rupert's response then he said slowly you didn't suggest this to her did you you are so kind so impulsive but remember this girl is a perfect stranger she may be anything as you yourself told me two days ago you must have unimpeachable references with any one who takes charge of baba of course i said nothing to her now rupert i know i am impulsive but i am not entirely devoid of all common sense come and give me your opinion and i promise yes i absolutely promise to be guided by you rupert's gray eyes smiled down with brotherly affection into his little cousin's face and he followed her obediently from the room and upstairs wondering vaguely why it was that much as he cared for and admired cicely she had never inspired him with any deep affection like an elder brother to her from her earliest childhood the brotherly relation had continued between them after cicely's marriage and it had been by her dead husband's most earnest wish and specified instructions that mernside was one of her trustees and baba's guardians and mr reedsdale had bidden his wife consult rupert about everything connected with the estate and its baby heiress on the landing at the head of the stairs a small figure with flying golden curls and filmy white frock flung herself upon her mother shrieking delightedly baba's run away from jane now baba come with mummy oh baba you are not a good baby cicely exclaimed with an attempt at severity which only produced a chuckle from the small girl it is time mummy found a very stern nurse nevertheless her appearance is opportune she said sotto voce to rupert i told miss moore i would fetch baba and i don't want her to feel she is being inspected run on into mummy's boudoir sweetheart she added aloud to the child there's somebody there for baba to see it was a pretty sight which greeted the two elders when a moment later they entered the rose-colored room and rupert paused for an instant in the doorway to look and smile baba after one short glance at the stranger who had risen from her chair made a rush across the room towards her clasped her round the knees and cried fervently that's baba's lady what found her in the ugly fog kiss baba and at the moment of their entrance rupert and cicely saw the girl stoop and lift the baby in her arms with a tenderness that marked a true child lover and an absence of self-consciousness induced by her ignorance that two pairs of eyes were fixed upon her baba loves you very much the child babbled on her soft fingers touching christina's white face and thank you for bringing baba home pretty lady she added suddenly baba like when the pinky color goes all up and down your cheeks 
for at that moment the girl had become aware of the presence not only of lady cicely but of a tall stranger with grave gray eyes and a rosy flush swept over the whiteness of her face baba has not forgotten you the former said with her gay little laugh rupert this is miss moore who so kindly brought naughty baba home out of the fog my cousin is baba's guardian miss moore and he is as grateful to you as i am christina in her embarrassment did not observe lady cicely's omission of the tall stranger's surname cicely herself was unconscious that she had not said it and rupert was only intent on setting the girl at her ease baba seems to be bestowing her own thanks in her own violent way he said as the child's dimpled arms were flung again around christina's neck and her soft face pressed against the girl's flushed one but we all owe you a debt of gratitude for having found and brought her back london streets are not the safest place for little babies of that age with pearl necklaces round their necks that's what i thought christina exclaimed impulsively at least i mean she stammered i couldn't help being glad that i was the first person to find her and that it was not one of the dreadful people who do prowl about in fogs who saw her first we are most thankful for that too rupert answered and then being a man of the world he skilfully led the conversation to more general subjects until christina was soon talking quietly and naturally with no more tremors or self-consciousness when a few minutes later she rose to go lady cicely held her hands in a clasp that was very comforting to the weary girl and said gently i'm not going to worry you with more thank yous but i want you to come and see me again in a day or two i think perhaps i may be able to hear of some work that would suit you as christina wended her way homewards she felt tired though she was as if her feet trod on air hope was once more fully alive within her lady cicely's lovely face and charming manner had bewitched the girl and she was sure quite quite sure that if the sweet little blue-eyed lady said she would do something for her that something would infallibly be done and the tall cousin with the grave gray eyes and the mouth that seemed to christina to be set in lines of pain those gray eyes and that firmly set mouth haunted her during the whole course of her walk and through her mind there flashed unbidden the thought i wish i could comfort him i am sure he is unhappy her way led her past the newspaper shop kept by mr coles and the little man himself was standing at his door surveying the world there is a letter in here for you miss he said good-naturedly it came yesterday morning and the wife and i made sure you'd be in for it christina started the events of the day had obliterated from her mind all recollection of the matrimonial advertisement and the letters that were to be addressed to mr cole's shop the memory of wednesday's disappointment came back to her as mr coles put into her hand a letter addressed c m in the same bold strong hand that had addressed the other letter her momentary inclination was to return it to its writer unopened perhaps there is some explanation was her next and saner reflection and walking along the street she opened and read the letter feeling a certain compunction as she did so the address was still that of the newspaper office and the letter ran dear madam i deeply regret that you found the house at which i had asked you to call shut up i reached it in a few minutes after you had left and to my own great surprise found as you had done no one there but a caretaker my friend must have been called away suddenly for on tuesday when i saw her she most kindly arranged that her house should be at my disposal 
please forgive what must have seemed to you most strange would it suit you to arrange any meeting place that would accord with your wishes with renewed apologies yours faithfully r mernside end of chapter six recording by linda fredericks modesto california may two thousand twelve